Curious City editor Alexandra Solomon here. And I have to say, the Curious City team were kind of a sentimental bunch. We appreciate a good love story. And with all the stress of this last year, we thought it would be nice to revisit a question we answered a few years back about what transplants love about Chicago and turn Valentine's Day into Valentine's Week. Plus, one Chicagoan would really like her kids to be able to play in the neighborhood playground. We find out why the city has decided to keep them closed. But first, Nerdette podcast host Greta Johnson helps us discover some love. That's coming up next. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Greta Johnson, and I moved here from Fairbanks, Alaska almost 10 years ago. And before that, I had never lived in a big city, especially one like Chicago. I honestly had no idea what to expect. I've fallen in love with Chicago for a lot of reasons, but I think if I had to choose what I love the most, it would probably be Lake Michigan. I love the fact that it changes colors and form with every season. I love that anyone can come and enjoy it. I love that it's so vast you can't even see the other side. And what got me thinking about it was this, a question from listener Saya Hillman. She wanted to know what people who have moved to Chicago as adults love about this place. She's from the area, but she says it just cheers her up when she hears transplants say something nice about her hometown. It is so nice to hear someone being appreciative of this amazing city that we live in. And too often, you know, we just talk about the bad things or just hear about the bad things. So we turned to you, our listeners who are transplants, and asked what you love about the region. Enjoy this audio love letter from you about Chicago. I'm Ellie Lewis, and I moved to Chicago over the summer from Huntington, West Virginia. I'm an impatient person by nature. And something I really did not expect was just how fast people walk here. (laughs) And it's wonderful. Well, hello there, Curious City. I moved here from Oregon. And the first thing that surprised me, the number of cars that had Christmas wreaths on the front grill of their car. Usually these were very large sedan-type old-fashioned cars. Before I moved here, I knew about the famous architecture of Chicago, but was really surprised by the beautiful variety of all of the towers and turrets and bay windows that adorn so many buildings um, all across the city. And these windows give just so much character and help explain the rich history of of craftsmanship that Chicago has in its architecture. That first summer that I was here, I remember the first evening I walked out with my dogs and saw fireflies everywhere. And I was completely just 
shock and odd because I'm from South Texas and I was used to seeing fireflies out when we were in the country, but you know, I never associated them being in the city and it was magical and I loved it. And um, they were never so bright as they were that first summer. That was amazing. Still see them occasionally and still bring me joy. Well, I was really surprised when I moved here by the forest preserve system in Cook and Will counties. Woods are really cool because the trees aren't so close together. There's the hardwoods, the walking paths, and the wildflowers are real pretty. And before I moved to Chicago, I had read some things about the forest preserve in mystery fiction, but always in terms of what a great place it was for dumping a body after a mob hit. Thanks to listeners Elliot Lewis, Candace Hill, Peter Bach, Tony Gutierrez, and Linda Tilke for sharing their love. We also asked some of our transplant colleagues what they love about Chicago. And we'll start with the newest addition to our WBEZ family, Reset host Sasha Ann Simons. I moved to Chicago at probably the worst time ever, during the winter in the middle of a global pandemic. But I can honestly say that this city has managed to keep me energized and in great spirits ever since. The snow, it just makes me feel at home in Toronto, which is where I was raised. And so this really just makes me think I'm gonna absolutely love it here in the spring and summer. Meet me in Chicago. Have ourselves a time. Hey, I'm Natalie Dahlia. I moved here from Ohio, which has a lot of woods and green spaces. And so I used to think Chicago was just super ugly. <laughs> I just did not like being around concrete and all the cement and just dog poop everywhere. And I realized I had to understand how it was pretty on its own terms. And so what I would do is I would wake up in the morning and I would go to the roof and the sunlight would just be coming over the lake and it would just be bathing everything around me in just this golden glow. And there's little statues on top of the buildings and they would be just illuminated. Hi, I'm Susie Ann. You know, I think coming to Chicago, I knew the options in general would be a lot better than in my hometown of Huntsville, Alabama. But one of the things that I guess maybe I was surprised about was just how good the takeout options would be. Here, you can get a good bowl of ramen, sushi, even barbecue. I mean, I, I come from a place where, yeah, it's, it's pretty much just pizza. Hey, this is Jesse Dukes, Curious City audio producer, originally from Virginia. And what I love about Chicago that totally surprised me is the soil for gardening. Like where I come from, soil is kind of like red clay, but here it's this dark brown, almost black, like rich loam that just feels like it's full of life and it smells like life man, things just grow in it like nobody's business. And I used to find gardening incredibly boring. But man, I did not think that the thing I would come to love about this city is the dirt. So my favorite thing about Chicago after living here for 20 years is basically how many people here are from here. 
And I mean that in comparison to the other major cities I've lived in, mainly L.A. and New York, which are destinations. It's great. It makes them vibrant and interesting places. But they all have the institutional memory of a college campus. It seems like nobody was here longer than a few years ago, so nobody knows anything. In Chicago, people remember stories, their own stories, the families that came 20 or 50 or 100 years ago, the stores or businesses that family opened. They remember the old neighborhoods, what they used to be like. And it just reminds you, we're all part of this extraordinary tapestry. You know, I'm not just visiting. I'm part of Chicago. Alexandra here again. That was Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me host Peter Sagal. We also heard from Reset host Sasha Ann Simon, Curiosity intern Natalie Dahlia, WBEZ reporter Susie Ahn, and audio producer Jesse Dukes. And of course, a big thanks to our Alaskan transplant Nerdette podcast host Greta Johnson. Now, even though there's a lot to love about Chicago, like any city, there are also things that can be frustrating like keeping parents and kids out of something they not only love, but rely on, our city playgrounds. We've heard from several people who want to know, what's the deal? Why are they still closed? That's next, after the break. And we're back. And I'm joined now actually by reporter Monica Ang to talk about something else about the city. I've had my kids home doing remote learning. It's kind of crazy for almost a year now. Yeah, me too. And so our big treat every day is when we can finally run outside and get some fresh air, even in the winter, because we're pretty tough like that. We are tough. And so is question asker Ashley Abbott. She'd actually really like to take her kids to her neighborhood playground right now, but she can't. It is actually chained. Yep, chained. And so she's kind of frustrated because in the meantime, you've got indoor classes starting at the park and restaurants and bars reopening. We're watching crowded bars full of people with no masks on. So Alex, she wants to know, with all these other restrictions easing up, is the city thinking of maybe reopening playgrounds too, you know, since they've been closed since the spring? So you've actually been talking to city officials about this. What did they say? Well, I contacted the city's health department, and they said that their policy hasn't changed at all since last spring. But they also referred me to something called the Joint Information Center, which the city uses to send out its COVID communications. And they sent this statement. They said, our guidance on playgrounds remains the same for now because unlike schools, restaurants, and other settings, there are no controls in place to ensure COVID precautions are being taken that will limit the potential spread of the virus. We continue to monitor the data daily and will update when there is a change. So the city says it's concerned about limiting the spread of the virus in playgrounds. What do other experts say about this? Well, I talked to Johns Hopkins epidemiologist Stefan Burrell, and he said these days we know a lot more. And so we should be acting on that scientific knowledge. I think that as we came to understand modes of transmission The fact that indoor settings were so much more at risk than outdoor settings, as we figured that out, it was important to update our response strategies 
with that increasing knowledge. So that means limiting indoor exposure, but maybe letting up on restrictions outdoors. I mean, Burrell is so passionate about this that he even wrote an op-ed for the Baltimore Sun a few months ago urging officials to reopen playgrounds. Because scientists have studied transmissions and outbreaks, and guess what they found? In all of these outbreak investigations, they've never identified playgrounds as the common source. And aside from these issues, Burrell has another reason he thinks opening public playgrounds is important right now. Like, he was able to put swings in his backyard, but he knows not everyone can do that. I work with disenfranchised folks and economically marginalized folks, and that's just absolutely not an option available to them. I see this as one of just an equity argument that is so fundamental. And our question asker, Ashley, thinks there's another layer of inequity here in Chicago, because she knows some people who've just gone into the playgrounds anyway. But she says people who've had bad experiences with the police might not feel like they can do that. A lot of people and a lot of families don't feel comfortable or safe doing that and just ignoring the guidelines or physically removing the barrier. So, Monica, has anyone actually been cited for breaking through the barriers? Well, I asked the Park District, and they say they work with the police to enforce the law, but they couldn't tell me if anyone had ever been cited. And here's the other weird thing. At least two nearby suburbs, Oak Park and Evanston, have had their playgrounds open since June. That's because the state of Illinois and the CDC say it's okay to have playgrounds open as long as you use them with caution. So when you brought all this back to Ashley, what did she have to say? She's frustrated, you know, that there's no plan or timeline to reopen the playgrounds. She kind of feels like they're putting, quote, revenue generating businesses over community spaces and their priorities. I just don't see where any of the officials that you spoke to or that I've heard where any of their justifications for not opening the playgrounds hold up, considering these other things that are transpiring concurrently. Well, Monica, she sounds like she's still pretty frustrated. And, you know, we've heard from other listeners who've had the same frustration. So I think it's a good reminder, if you're listening and you think there's a question that needs an update, be sure to submit it at wbez.org slash Curious City. Yep. And I'm always happy to bring those questions to the people in power. I only wish I had a more satisfying answer this time. Yeah. And we're going to be sure to stay on this question. Thanks, Monica. Thank you. Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. Curious City is produced by Joe Dassault and Stephen Jackson. As you just heard, Monica Ang is our intrepid reporter. Maggie Civit is our digital and engagement producer. And Natalie Dahlia is our multimedia intern. I'm Alexandra Solomon. Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so, no one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that and it's Chicago based. So you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. 
NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.